I'm in Max, 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 Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 20, Episode 8 of 9, 9, 9, of the Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. And I'm Kimmy. And we're we. That's it. There's just two of us. Just two. Just like last week. Yeah, except Stork. Except you're not Stork. Uh, I don't know. But you know what? Uh, the chat room has uh, specifically asked if I would repeat things, like glom onto one particular like bit of information and repeat it about four times, so then they can feel like Stork is here. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I'm going to try. Or ask someone to say that again. Yeah, say it again. Or, unfortunately, I don't think I can pull off the vast amount of movie knowledge because I don't have that. <laughs> it's like one of those things like you can't RP smarter than you are. Like, right. I can't. Well, that's so and so, and he was also in this, and so and so was the director of photography. And that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. It is not, not in my uh, wheelhouse, as it were. All right. Well, we'll, we'll stumble on. Yes. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Bennett from Pittsburgh asks about starting games without combat. Zach in Chicago sends one way a Powered by the Apocalypse game handles flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Dude. Dude. Uh, Yaquas? Sure. Sends us a gamer funk tip. Uh, Gene in Elk Grove writes in about overriding PC free will. And Sergito asks, What should I have done? But first, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on all of the social medias with Happy Jacks RPG. All of them. All of them. And if we're not on them, it's because we're not on them. Yes. Including Twitch now. We're finally Happy Jacks RPG on, on Twitch. Twitch. Right. Just that. No, no live anymore. Which is very exciting. All of them. It only took a year and a month. Right. And lots and lots of emails. Yes. And if you would like to watch the show live, we stream this show at 8 p.m. every Friday night. Yeah. Mostly every Friday night. Eight-ish. At 8-ish. <laughs> uh, at happyjacks.org slash live. And you can get all of the links and various things yeah. that you need there. All the things. Super cool. Um, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's, that's the blurb. Yeah. Blurb. Blurb. Do we still do that? Blurb? Uh, I haven't done that in years. Oh. We'll bring it back. Yeah, we just did. I feel like we just did. We just brought that back. We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Urgent. Now, this is a couple weeks old. I'm sorry. You have to cuss at me in yeah. the the header of the email mm-hmm. for me to actually notice it. So this is not probably as urgent now. Right. Avoiding starting a game with a combat and non-chronological story devices from Bennett. Hi, Doucherinos. Bennett from Pittsburgh. Here, long-time listener, second-time emailer. Well, welcome back. I am writing in about something I noticed with my group and was wondering what solutions you guys and gals might have. Lucky for you, we have exactly one guy and one gal tonight, so it's perfect. Bam. Uh, So, I have noticed when my party, eight players, has a combat... Oh, my God. That's a lot. It's not as, but it could be worse. It could. It could uh, be our. It could be eleven. <laughs> uh, has a combat in the beginning of a session. They become more distracted and less willing to role play for the rest of the game. I don't blame them for this. We have eight players, and even if I keep combat moving, yeah. there is still at least five to ten minutes between turns. I try to make sure that if combat occurs, it's later in the game. 
but I messed up last session, and I ended the game with a fight about to start. So, yeah, this is probably, you've probably already played. Yeah. Uh, my question, what are some different things that you could do to change up the beginning of my game? Uh, I could just avoid the combat altogether, but that would be cheesy and wouldn't make narrative sense. I was thinking of doing a flashback, flash forward, or have, or, or an aside to something else happening in the game before jumping back to the fight. Mm-hmm. Have any of you had any success using non-chronological story devices in your games as a change of pace? Thanks for reading my email and for all of the advice you have given over the years, making me into the GI- GM I am today. Aww. Sorry for the length. This is a short email. This is a good length for an email. Well right done. Here. Well done. <clears throat> Bennett from Pittsburgh. Bennett fifty three ninety four on the forums. But very new to them. But very new to them. Well, P.S. Welcome also to the forum. Yeah, and P.S. Drink. Drink. Uh, um. Non chronological. I don't know. That seems. I mean, it, well, that's a really intriguing idea. But as a player, like if I, if like I know there's been a couple times in Moat and stuff where we've cut off. Like, okay, we're about to fight somebody, and it's like okay, and then you like, kind of like, like obsess on that between the games you're like okay what am I going to do I'm going to do this oh I've got the perfect thing for that right um, especially like I feel like D&D and stuff like that you really are like okay the spells that yeah I'll- more tactical thing yeah. you, you can actually so, piece it out I don't out know more. I think the, the his, his, I haven't noticed this like I, I've ended games for Moat with combat about to start and we resolve the combat in the next game session <laughs> but we are at most five players, and in some cases four or three. Yeah. Combat goes real quick, and everyone's real invested because the campaign's been going on a long time at this point. Right. Um, so we haven't really run into that kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always tried to keep combats somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Role-playing stuff, and then have a fight, and then have something happen afterward, you know, uh, foreshadowing what the next right. session might be or whatever that is. Yeah. But <clears throat> and I as far as non-chronological stuff, the only thing I've done, I think I've mentioned I think we mentioned this last week because we had an email about non-chronological stuff mm-hmm. was to have uh the, the players play different characters and basically see the villain doing his villainous things, mm-hmm. sort of like what you would see in a movie where, you know, here's the good guy, da, 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 and then all of a sudden it cuts to a scene and here's the villain walking in and, you know... You know yeah. Like, you don't see uh, Luke Skywalker and and the and the main characters in the beginning of Star Wars, but you see Darth Vader come in and kill a bunch of people and do a bunch of stuff. You see some of the main characters, right. but you don't even really know their main characters yet. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you, you could do something something along those lines, I guess. I think. I think that would be more interesting in this specific situation. Mm-hmm. I wonder because he said he doesn't want to just end the combat or avoid the combat, but I would take a look at that as an option. Yeah. If your game really suffers when you have a long combat in the beginning of it, and I can understand why that can happen, mm-hmm. especially with a, <clears throat> with an eight person party, I think I would try to see it now. If this is like a major key fight, 
Yeah, there's yeah. not much you can do about it. But if this is just like some incidental fight or, or you know, some minor dude, uh, and like, let's say the party got the jump on them, mm-hmm. maybe they all just run. Yeah. Maybe they run in different directions. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just scatter. And now the party is splitting up trying to catch these people. And you might have short one-on-one combats, maybe, yeah. for the people who manage to catch them. Uh, but that's one way to do it that I think would shorten it because some of those bad guys are probably going to get away. Yeah. So you might have a couple of little quick combats, perhaps. Yeah. Or you can say, okay, you were able to catch one of the guys, uh, so you're fighting him. And the other people hear you fighting, and they've lost theirs, so they're rushing to help you. That'll give you a quick combat because, right. you know, eight against one or two, right. that's going to end really fast. Right. So I, I think... I, if I if I was in that situation, I think I would have to. That, that's that's the sort of thing I would probably look at. Right, and I think there are ways. Uh, like I definitely agree with that. Um, I think there are also ways to end the combat that can be more scary and more horrifying than an actual combat. Like if you're looking for emotional impact, like have the the guy be there and be like, or like if he's a mage or something. Oh, yes, I lured you here. Now you get to watch my spell as I murder this village outside. Right. And you all get to sit here, and there's no way you're going to make it on time. Mm-hmm. There's no combat, but there's a very emotionally impactful thing right. that then only takes a moment to kind of talk about, and then they get to role play, and that gives them a whole new thing to deal with. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, and yeah, and, something like, well, we've already set our, our plans in motion. It's yeah. You're too late. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So it's not like, oh, the, the ba- bad guy is in another castle, but but there's something there that makes them... Uh, still feel like a loss or an impact that a combat gives the potential of. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that there's that that emotional impact there too. Um, and uh, I guess the camera keeps focusing on your hands. <laughs> I, I just saw that. But I think no, it looks. I think it. I think it's changing. I don't know. But uh, we're talking about the cameras for people listening in the podcast. Going, what are they talking about? Your, your hands do. Um, but I think. I think. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought with the hands thing. Uh, but it, you can definitely avoid combat without it being, like, cheesy. But you have to think about it, like, and you have to really bring in the characters and think mm-hmm. about it. Maybe one of them screwed something up. Bring up something from their backstory. Bring up something that will really resonate with them um, that then lets you avoid the combat. Because if it really kills the rest of your session, like, honestly, I'd rather go for a couple minutes of cheese and a little bit of hand-waving or rails then have a whole bad session, personally, as a player. Right. Like, I mean, we run in that, you know, everybody runs into that occasionally in games, but as a player, I'd rather deal with that, like, in the first ten minutes and be like, okay, I can see, like, then be like, oh, God, like, like, oh, if it really impacts your whole session, then that's no fun. Right, well, you know, like, let things slide for 15 minutes so that you have four to six hours of fun. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, you could you could uh, steal an idea from the last week's email about uh, maybe hand them all NPCs, yeah, and maybe foreshadow something that's going to be happening later. Yeah, usually you do that with combat. At least the way I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it, because um, like you know, if it's a bunch of bad guys sitting around a table and you're handing out bad guy characters to mm-hmm. the players, yeah. Or the, I mean, or go way back. Do like the origin story of their nemesis. Oh yeah, there like you go. the oh, there's this little boy that some like you have to plan it really well because then if they save the little boy, then your nemesis is no longer their nemesis and doesn't turn out to be the evil villain or whatever. But like they try and do something and they're 
you know, unable to save some kid and then they realize, oh, this is 60 years ago and now this little kid is now this archmage who's trying to The guy to we're us. just about to fight. Yeah, right. so that also then gives them that emotional impact of, oh, well, I kind of feel bad that his entire family was murdered in front of him and maybe he has a good reason to murder the king or whatever. Right. Kind of like what you see in Game of Thrones <clears throat> where, like, Jamie Lannister is, like, the most evil fuck ever. And then you kind of, like, start learning more about him and you're like, oh, well, maybe he's... Maybe he's a good guy who just should not have sex with his sister, but still can make good choices sometimes. He's a yeah. he's a, he's a good guy who doesn't know limits. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like he's now at the point where you're like, well, I don't, I don't want his sister to be queen, but I also don't want him to die. And I don't oh, know. I'm rooting for Cersei. What? I am. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Fine. I'm, and and no, knowing who's writing the book. She might win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's totally a possibility. <laughs> I think that's the best thing. Is like she might win, but yeah, we'll see. She. And you know what would be amazing is if she like wins in the book and not on the show. This is a total other possibility. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, she's lost what, three children now. Yeah. I have a lot of sympathy for her. No. Yeah. And 100. what did what's her name lose? A dick of a brother. Yes. Totally. <laughs> totally. But so I, Cersei's also kind of like evil. I don't really want her to have power over people. Yeah. Even if she has a good reason. And that's the thing. This is the whole thing. Because like she has a really good reason to be a heartless bitch now. So sure. having your players see their nemesis having a really great reason for being a total dick. You're like, oh, I have sympathy oh, wait, and empathy. Did she kill one of her kids? No. Who did she push out the window? She didn't. He... Spoilers. Spoilers. Super spoilers. I'm waiting. Waiting. All right, I'll wave my hand. Mute it. I'll wave my hand again when I'm done with it. Um, no, her. She blew up the uh, the the temple with her son's wife in it, and then he. Oh, he jumped. jumped out. Okay. All right. All right. I'm done with spoilers now. I'm looking right. at the camera. And if you're on the podcast, I'm sorry. You're screwed. Well, sorry. yeah. You just yeah. skipped ahead a little bit. A little bit, and hopefully you didn't come in just as he jumped out the window. And right. Yeah. Darth Vader was Luke's father. What? Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, other ways that you could get around doing that. Any sort of stalling tactics. You oh, have, the chat have... room saying, no, Cersei had one of Robert's kids, but it didn't live. And that's just mentioned in the show. Oh, like, okay. Like, she had actually had one of Robert's kids, because at some point they fucked. And right. then, but she, it, it died. So, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess she did kill He didn't live kids. on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't live on purpose. Thank you, Jen Human. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I, you. The other thing you could do is have a, a flashback for the players. Mm-hmm. If they've been an existing party since the game started. Mm-hmm. Oh. How about like a a little quick flashback intro session where they're meeting for the first time. I like that. Think of um, what's the episode of Firefly, where uh, that. Kaylee's sitting out in front of the ship, and oh, the, yeah. the the Reverend comes by, and they introduce where how all the characters came in, and mm-hmm. and uh, Wash had that shit mustache mm-hmm. and was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and comes in, and I like that. I hate him. We can't have he can't be our he can't be our <laughs> that whole thing. Yes, you could have you could you you could maybe set up if they haven't didn't already have that scene when you started the campaign. Yeah, you could set up that kind of a scene. That'd and awesome. do that just before the fight, especially if the fight is iffy and you know someone might die. Yeah, that would make, probably even add a little more. Yeah, 
to it. That'd be super fun. Yeah, if you were like, if you like kind of hand waved, oh, you guys have known each other for years and have been working together at the first session, that's a really cool thing to do. I like yeah. that. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Bennett well from Pittsburgh. Bennett5394. Yeah. So, uh, Stu, uh, what did you play this week? I ran Moat on Sunday. He is. And then I played uh, uh, Tomorrow Legion on Monday. Yes. I was sick. You I were had, sick. It, yeah. was, it was a fun game. Yeah. It was kind of a stalling game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I think we, do we, I don't, I don't remember, do we fight? Did we fight something? We fought something. Oh, good. We fought something that the boom gun worked against. Good. <clears throat> and I was rolling like a madman. <laughs> <clears throat> and I finally got, because I'm playing a glitter glitter boy in Savage Rifts, I finally got a joker during oh. uh, the initiative. initiative yeah. Which, for every successful hit, mm-hmm. doubles the amount of damage I do. So I was doing 8d12 plus... <sighs> Oh my god. 12 or plus 8, I don't remember. That's insane. But a huge amount of damage. Crazy. We fought a Splugorth. Yes. Slaver barge. Wow. We don't I don't know what that is. That's not it can even actually be a spoiler cuz I don't know what a Splugorth <laughs> is. <clears throat> That's the cool thing about rifts is like There's a lot of there's stuff. There's so much. It's like people can tell you stuff you're like I still have no idea what that means. Those words are things and I don't right. know what they are. Awesome. Um And Dave's good about keeping that stuff back. Yeah. yeah, 8 12 plus 12. Yeah. Um, I watched... Well, I watched a bunch of games this week because I was mm-hmm. sitting at home going, I can't You're play sick. those games because I'm sick. But um, one of the things I really loved watching was Mac's game that she started this week. Oh, yeah. Razor uh, Ridge. Razor Ridge. Yeah, uh, Werewolf the Wild West game, mm-hmm. um, which was a great first session. They'd done the character creation off camera, um, but it's really interesting. She made a creative choice, and she was talking about this, um, I think, on the forums. Uh, generally, there's like the... Mac is like a werewolf and wolf, like, she knows everything, because she's, right. you know, a wolf. Um, but uh, I guess in the regular setting for Werewolf the Wild West, they have, like, an alpha in the pack. Like, we have that in, in our in our vampire game. There's uh, Arson, who's the, right. the werewolf alpha. She's decided not to have alphas in the pack, which is actually more true to actual wolf packs in the wild. They don't have alphas. Like, as they've studied them more, they realize it's more of a family group type situation, where it, it kind of like revolves on who's in making decisions about what. So she's decided to go with that for the pack in her game. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cool, and I think that's a really great um, mechanic or, or, or setting thing to change so that it's more of a group with people with different strengths and stuff, and there's less of the situation we have in Moat where it's like a prince or a leader making the decisions and right. everybody's following. Right. So I thought that was really cool um, for, I mean, especially for someone who's a fairly new GM. She, I know she's GM'd a little bit before, but this is like her first campaign, I think. Right. To, I don't know, have the... Well, no, she did Phoenix Dawn Command. I think she did several... That's right, that. that's right. I don't um, know, she playing or running that? I don't remember now. I don't remember. I think she... No, she ran that. You're right. She did run that one. Um, but uh, for... I think it's a new system for her to run, so... I don't know. I thought that was cool. That was a great... Yeah. Uh, by the way, for those of you who are uh, listening and watching live, or will listen to this later... On Wednesday, I put up the interview with Keith Baker. Yes. Uh, which I did from Gen Con. Yeah, super nice guy. Uh, yeah, he was down here and trying to get him on the show. Schedules didn't line up. It's just so. me. Sorry. Maybe next time. Yeah. yeah any game designers who want yeah. to <laughs> come down and pay their respects? 
You're welcome to. That, that makes it sound like they should do that. Like, right, bring me an envelope of cash. Yeah. I like those. Doesn't just like a monster. Doesn't make it sound completely insufferable at all. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll wear my signet ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a Happy Jack signet ring. You totally do. <laughs> I can you seal. have a 3D printer. This could happen. We can, can make seal this happen. documents. Oh my god. And all the new probies like have to kiss it. Do thing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that would be so fun. And Table have to kiss it every time he's here, just always, yes. forever. Well, yeah, and until he's not the. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's one of those perpetual newbies. Yeah, no, he. He's forever. not the newbie anymore. No. Uh, but he's still a. He is. Right. He is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, balancing flashbacks from Zach in Chicago. Chicago. Howdy, Jackalopes. In season 20, episode 8, you talked about using flashbacks as a game mechanic. How to keep it balanced and how to combat metagaming it. I'd recommend the, me- uh, the mechanic from Blades in the Dark, a powered by the Apocalypse game. In Blades, characters have a resource called Stress, which is used as a sort of plot armor. Players can use it as- to boost roles and also to create flashbacks. Most of the action in Blades is like a heist movie. Characters don't spend too much time planning the heists. They wait until they run into trouble, like running into a guard at a door or an unclimbable wall. Then the player can create a flashback. They say something like, I'd like to have a flashback. Last night, I followed one of the guards home. On the way, I cornered her and intimidated her into letting us through the door the next day. The GM assigns a stress code uh, cost based on how unlucky the circumstances of the flashback are. Talking to someone that you see every day would be one. Bumping into the mayor would be a two or three. The player then rolls for an action just as if they were performing it in this present moment. It's resolved as successful or not successful, and then the story jumps back to the present. Characters only have a limited amount of stress, and stress is only recharged by spending actions during downtime between scores. So stress is always a tense, limited resource. So flashbacks, or so flashbacks can't really be exploited too much. And they don't encourage any weird metagaming knowledge because the player lear- uh, if the player learns any information as soon as it's oh and because the player learns information as soon as it's relevant for the character. Right. I think this mechanic works well at least for high style play, and I'd recommend it in general. Cheers, Zach in Chicago. P.S. Take a drink. So um, I'm not 100 percent sure. How does that then affect their situation? So well, they, they they can't. What the, what we were trying to figure out last week is when do you trigger a flashback, right? Or you know a a a plot retcon. Got it. Oh, okay. Right? So it's like going back in time and like changing one little thing, a little bit of a butterfly effect. Well, or no, it's not time travel. It is right. It's not. It, did you ever watch? Um, oh, damn it! What's the name of that show? They made a game. Don't they made know. a cortex. They made a cortex game of it. Uh, leverage. Oh, okay. Did you yes, watch Leverage? I did, okay. They did that all the time yeah. in the show where they come in and the guy says, he realizes, oh, I need a screwdriver. Oh, there's one right here. Mm-hmm. And then they have a cutback scene where they show him going in and leap, you know, planning right. stuff or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. remember any, any specific ones, but they did it a lot in that show. Yeah. And there's actually Leverage the Game mm-hmm. by Margaret Weiss Productions oh. actually has its own mechanic for doing that as well. That's and cool. I, I, I very... Very, very briefly skimmed it, mm-hmm. so I don't remember it. But having a limited resource like stress, because I think a lot of powered by the apocalypse games use stress, don't they? Uh, they, they a lot of them have something akin to that. It's not always I stress. To, I, I played a that that medical drama 
one I played at Gen Con. Oh, uh-huh. it, I think it used. I think it had stretch. No, like- no, maybe it was Reputation. Oh, but, you, but yeah. it was similar. But you have like, and you only got like three of these things, yeah. whatever it is, yeah, whatever you call it, and you don't want to use it a lot. So you're going to wait mm-hmm. for those critical moments when, right. okay, now this is something I can't figure out my way around. Right. Our whole plan is going to fall apart if I don't do it now. So I'm going to spend a stress point mm-hmm. and try to do the the flashback thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like that idea. Yeah, I like that. It seems like a it's a very cool mechanic. Um, yeah, Cyber Everything says you can create a flashback with a Benny type mechanic, and if yeah, the the, the, the as long as they're Moment scarce, of truth. yeah, as long as it's as long as they're scarce, yeah, I think that'd be fine. Otherwise, you're going to have people just spend them right. Yeah. Then it's going to turn into Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And it's like, oh, i got to remember to come back and put my car keys there. But they're already here. So yeah, you must have already remember, done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome, though. It's hilarious. Yes. It's such a great use of that. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, no, thank, that's awesome. Thank you, Zach, in Chicago. Yeah. I haven't my kind of town, Chicago <laughs> is. Gamer Funk Tit from Yaquas. What did we say it was? Yaquas. Yaquas. Iaquas. I Iaquas. I don't know. I A Q A U A S. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a lowercase L. Who knows? It's not. Sure. I don't know. I don't think so. No, it's not. It's totally not. This is yours. You need to read it. Oh, is it mine? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the last one. Hi. We're okay here. <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen of Happy Jacks. I quite enjoy your podcast and am moving through it at the extensive Batlog, currently in session season eight, and listening to your current offerings. Well, thank you. Over the many seasons, I've heard you speak at some length of gamer funk at conventions and game shops. It just so happens that I have been in law enforcement for some time and have had oh. the occasion to enter homes whose smells defy belief. <laughs> In these instances, a dab of Vicks Vapor Rub under the nose can make the situation bearable. Yes. (laughs) Having never been to a con, I can't comment on to the degree of odiferousness (laughs) created by a bevy of overweight underbathed gamers. We're not underbathed. It's just there's a lot of us, and it gets warm. Some some are underbathed. Some are underbathed. But, I mean, even if you took a shower in the morning, by 8 o'clock at night, when we're doing the podcast, yeah, that room's got some game. It does. It does. And not good game. No. no. Uh, I don't know. I can't comment to the degree that of odiferousness created by a bevy of overweight, underbathed gamers. However, this makes dead bodies, cat piss, and human waste manageable, so it may suffice. Some game conventions smell like dead bodies, cat piss, and human waste, by the way. <laughs> not so much dead bodies, but definitely the cat piss and human waste. I think I've smelled death. Really? Yeah. Possible, yeah. And and poop, I've smelled poop. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my god. The bathrooms at Gen Con. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> I was I was stunned. <laughs> I was stunned. First off, no one there is eating a healthy diet. No. Because it's a convention. Nobody eats healthy Well, diet. Yeah. All of the restaurants around there are all like steakhouses or comfort food. Right. So everything is either breaded and deep fried, mm. or it is beef. Okay, that's okay. mostly what I was what I right. found in the restaurants. I didn't go to a lot of restaurants, but I went to a couple of restaurants, yeah. and that's what you're getting: mm-hmm. a lot of fried foods. Then there's the food trucks. 
There are no food there, trucks that have healthy foods. No. Not at least not that I saw. Not at Gen Con. No. <laughs> there are a few out in here, LA. Yes, yes, there are vegan food trucks out and here and all like kinds of stuff. Lettuce like wrap food trucks, there's yes. all those things. Not at Gen Con. No, not there. <laughs> so all of these people are piling their maw with as much fried fatty food as they possibly can. Right. And I never walked into a bathroom where I wasn't going like this. I, 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 I can't not breathe because it's going to take me too long to pee to actually hold my breath. So I'm gonna, and I don't want to breathe through my mouth. See, that's the thing. A lot of people say, "Well, just breathe through your mouth." It's going in. Then it's going into your lungs. Worse, right? At least there's like a little filtery little, stuff yeah. in your in your Some sinuses. Nose hairs to keep the particles. I, every bathroom I went went to was devastated. I mean, horrendous and loud. Anyway. <laughs> Because it's all the fried food. It's oh. got to be. I mean, okay, what was the ratio of women to men at Gen Con? Uh, there were a lot of women there. I don't, I, percentage-wise, I couldn't tell you. 30% maybe? Okay. So it's, an, it's a, it's a, for, it's one of the events where the line for the women's restroom would actually maybe be shorter. Uh, there are enough restrooms where I never had to stand in line. Oh, that's cool. Okay. But they all smell bad. <laughs> Every one of them. Every one of them. Amazing. Okay. Uh, and the bathrooms in uh, uh, Denver Airport mm-hmm. all smell like fruit. Oh. No, like like poop fruit. Oh. Like a lot of oh. vegetarians and yes. vegans. <laughs> okay. No, I got it. I got that. I heard it was like like air freshener. Like no, no. got no, it. No, 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 no. Got that. Okay. No. Uh, <sighs> overriding PC free will from Gene and Elk Grove. The long one. Well, well played. Oh, we split it. No, it's cool. Uh, konnichiwa, happy Jakusan. Jakusu. No, Jakusu no mina san. Yeah, I have to practice for L five R. All right, uh, Gene from Elk Grove, California, formerly San Francisco, writing with a question about overriding character agency. The story behind this question, my high school friend's family has a rental house in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. And one summer between my misspent college years and a few uh, a few of us spent a weekend sailing and eating some of the best seafood stork will never be able to properly appreciate. No judgment here. You like what you like. Staying in a in uh, staying in the in-law apartment over the garage, my friend, we'll call him Tree, because that's why wouldn't you call him that? Sure. Uh, brought out the AD and D books, and we all jumped into an exciting, an existing game. The other three players all lived closer to each other than I lived to any of them, so I was the special guest star in the pre-existing adventure, which they had been playing without me. Before my entry into the game, my other friend, let's call him Mariner. I love your, I love your name choices. Very Maybe creative. one's a lumberjack, and the other guy used to be in the navy. Maybe. Now, now I have questions. Now I want to know. Um, had acquired a kind of enchanted helmet which had a will of its own and would extort a kind of hypnotic influence over its owner. In the course of the session, we found ourselves on a road uh, to the same to some plot point or the other. I was 17 at the time. Forgive me if the, I'm a little fuzzy on the details. Then we spotted off in the distance the king's con, uh, consta- constabulary approaching. Mariner, apparently worried that his reputa- uh, the reputation of his magical accoutrement would provoke an unattempted confiscation. Well done with your vocabulary, sir. Um, asked if there was a storm drain or other hiding spot which to stow it while the lawman passed by. Tree told Mariner that the helmet was influencing his will and would not allow his character to separate himself from it. Mariner argued that his character was acting appropriately under the influence of the helmet by trying to protect it by hiding it. 
Then the disagreement escalated to a game-ending event. Yay! (laughs) It's always fun, especially when you're 17. That's going to happen a lot. And we all agreed to walk away from the situation. Oh. And uh, we took an episode of Conan O'Brien and turned in for the night. Wow. Conan O'Brien, you were 17 when... Okay, never mind. Uh, I know that on your podcast you emphasize... They could still be 17. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that this wasn't as long ago as in my head I was picturing. Right. I'm saying, and then we took in an episode of (laughs) Attack on Titan. Jack Parr. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Know that in on your podcast you're emphasizing yes ending and maintaining player agency. And while I generally agree, I think that when you take magic, superpowers, and other such super uh, super mundane influences into account. There is a case to be made for hemming in, uh, hemming in what a PC might and might not do under the circumstances. I'd be interested in your opinions as GMs on the what, where, when, how, and why of the lines you draw about player characters' free will. Thanks, Gene. P.S. Drink or don't. You're all adults. You can make your own decisions. Huzzah. I, um... I'll preface this by saying that I have, I have a plethora of good players. It is always my preference Mm -hmm. to simply give cues to the player Mm -hmm. and the player plays their character. Yeah. Because they're going to take those cues uh, and bring them out through the filter of their character. Right. Right? Um, When when I ran a Call of Cthulhu playtest, Elsbeth her character snapped Mm -hmm. they had to make a fright check and she failed it and she had some sort of delusional thing happen to her i don't remember exactly what the thing was right so i very quickly wrote down a note and i said this is what things look like to you now and i handed it to her she read the note and then she just role played as if what i had written down was reality you know they were in a cave uh, there was a monster blocking the exit to the cave. They wow. were all inside fighting this thing. And all of a sudden, she turned the gun on them. Oh. Because. Nice. I remember the, hearing about that. And, 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 but she just went with it. Yeah. That's my preference. Yeah. Because that way, the player still has control of their character. Right. All you've done is change their reality. Yeah. You said, okay, the, the, this is what you see. Right. Um, and she knew that she failed her. She knew what was going on, and then, right. but I didn't say your character can't do this or can't do that. Mm-hmm. I said, "Here's what you see now. Mm-hmm. Here's how here's how you're perceiving reality. Right. Go with it." Yeah, and she totally did. Now I know that there are players out there who are going to try to metagame their way out of that in some way, or try to lawyer their way out of it by saying. Well, I may think he's a bad guy, but can I make a role to disbelieve it? Well, no, you can't really make a yeah. role to disbelieve it because you just went insane. Yeah. You're and, and you did have that role and you failed it. That's why this is all happening now. <laughs> right. And, and I think in those situations, but I, I would always try giving the player cues yeah. on, on how to behave rather than saying, you can do that. No, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Right. That does depend on having good, mature players who are capable of separating their characters and the story from winning or losing the game. Right. I think uh, I think you're spot on with that. I think this case, actually, having worked with young people a little, 
Uh, I think this is a case of them not having enough direction because there are and that like, I don't and I'm usually like a hands off type of GM. Like here's the thing, like right. I'll set a bomb off, you all decide what happens. Um, but they both were interpreting what was happening with the helmet differently because the GM hadn't given them information about what was the helmet was doing. Right. So I think that's exactly what it is. They both were making up a story about the helmet separately, and then got, they got upset when they were going two different directions. Whereas if the GM had been like, the the helmet does not want to be found right now, and gives it to one player, you know, then suddenly it's making sense where he's trying to ditch it somewhere. The other players like can't really argue with that because that's what the helmet is telling the other person. Right. So rather than them interpreting like, oh, the helmet's controlling you and being in charge of what the helmet's doing, the GM should have some control of whatever that outside influence is, which in this case would be the helmet. I, I think that's really <clears throat> all predicated on how the helmet works. Yeah. Does the helmet only control you when you're wearing it? Right. Or do you start to like have some sort of emotional affinity to it mm-hmm. so that even when you take it off you really want to put it back on right in which case and it sounds like this player mm-hmm. m- maybe not who knows but it sounds like from what he's describing this player had every intention of putting that helmet back on yeah he just wanted to make sure he didn't get separated from it yeah. so he was going to set it aside for a while just to keep it safe and then probably immediately put it on once the once the guards leave right but um and and I would always give players the benefit of the doubt that that's what they're doing. That they're not trying to lawyer their way out of what it what it is that's a, that's affecting their their mm-hmm. character's free will. Yeah. But instead, they're they're trying to create a good story around it. Yeah. Now it may be that in this situation that the GM had already decided this helmet only does this when you wear it. If you take it off, it doesn't do it anymore. Right. At which point. Well, then the helmet might not want to be taken off. Yeah. And then how is it affecting you? Is it like the, you know, the one ring where it's just kind of like a feeling you get? Or maybe the helmet is actually possessed by like a past owner who like is very clearly telling you what it wants and what it doesn't <coughs> want. And maybe that being who runs the helmet, maybe it has like the one ring wanted to get back to Sauron, but it didn't have like a plan for it. Maybe whatever's in that helmet has a plan. Right, and it wants something right now, and it's constantly pulling, uh, like pulling against where what the players are doing, and like you know if that helmet's literally like, <coughs> like if he's he's hearing a whisper in his head, hide me, I don't want to be found. Right, you know they cannot see me. Then that suddenly explains like why he's like, oh, is there a storm drain? I'm going to shove it in the storm drain. Right, you know, um, I mean maybe the guy was just like, I don't want to lose my cool stuff. But that's why you have to be careful when you introduce um, items like that to a campaign that you're really thinking about how they work, you know, what the implication of it is. Mm -hmm. You know, is the helmet able to control other people in the party or just that one person? Because then you've got a whole new toy to play with if it can control multiple people. Oh, sure. Um, And things like that. And then people start fighting over it. Yeah. Super fun. The, um... No, it just fell out of my head. Oh, well, in this particular situation, and of course, GM hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. What I think I would have done, if this is not consistent with how you, you're in your head, the helmet works. What I think I, you're supposed to be in bed. Yeah, they're already done. They're, they did they're, it they've already. been fed. Go to sleep. Super professional. That's okay. Um, yeah, she's getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> She's supposed to go to bed 42 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, what I think I would have done in this situation, if him hiding the helmet was inconsistent with how the helmet worked, I would have handed him a note mm-hmm. that says, there's not going to be enough time to hide it. 
you should probably just get away from the yeah. the constables. I like that because that way, or or just give give them a note saying there's not enough time for you to hide the helmet. There might be enough time for you to just run away. Yeah, <clears throat> give the player the opportunity yeah. to do something else. Yeah. If that's not going to fit with it, yeah, that's that's better. That's better than saying, and it's also better in a note to say, "Well, you can't do that because that it doesn't want you to take the helmet off. You need to figure out something else." Yeah, or just hand up, give it, give them that note, right? And they and they and just internally they'll just know. Okay, well, I need to find something yeah. else. Um, but at least that way, you're not really robbing them of the agency. You're explaining to them why that's something that is not one of their options. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to give them that. Hey, you might be able to do this instead. If you're just like, oh, there's not time. It sounds like you're railroading them. But if you're like, there's not time to hide it in the storm drain because you know they're they're riding up. They're you know, but you they're might close. Get, yeah, They'll you see might. you stick something in the storm drain. I mean, yeah. they're gonna go look for it. Right. And be like, there's an alleyway. Like, you know, other options um, if you think they might need that guidance, which they might, especially if they're seventeen. Uh, <laughs> did I read the whole thing? Yeah. We're flying through stuff, man. Oh, awesome. Good. Okay. It's going to be a short show. Yeah. Well, you have to get up at 4 a.m. to get your daughter on the road, so. Yeah, but I'm going to go right back to sleep. Yeah. Heavy Metal Jess says, she says, don't judge me, but I dislike Walking Dead and Firefly. I don't blame you for Walking Dead. A lot of people don't like Walking Dead. I can't can't watch Walking Dead. Firefly? Why? Anyway. I, I can see with Firefly, like, if it had been hyped so much... Like, if you've been hearing for, like, years how amazing it was, and then you watch it, you're kind of like, okay. Or you watch the 13 or 14 episodes of it and go, what the fuck? Yeah. It's done. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. What kind of a shit-ass story was that? <laughs> right. <laughs> My God. Uh, uh, Nathan Fillion was filming something at one of the schools I was an assistant principal at a few years ago. It was crazy. It was so weird. I bet. And everyone was like, oh, he's in on Castle. He's on Castle. I was like, he's on Fire Blue. He's on fire, <laughs> like following him around, like peeking at him through kids' windows. It was really. Is he sad. short? No, he's he's taller than I thought. He he's tall. He's pretty tall. He's taller. He's taller than me, I think. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't get to go like stand That's next to him. That's very rare for an actor. It is. It is. I'm I'm tall. So, but um, I'm I'm five eight, and I think you looking at him through the window next to my office, like he was he was taller than me. I think. Okay. But, yeah. Because I, I was uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay when we met Gordon Ramsay. He's like six two. Yeah, he's tall. He I was ripped too. Like he works out like a lot. He smelled nice. Yeah, he's wearing cologne. Oh, that's nice. I can I can see that about him. He's very put together. <laughs> yeah. Well, also you're filming that day. You don't need cologne to film. No, but that's nice of him though, because you're like all day again with like the gamer funk thing. Like, oh yeah yeah yeah. Long day. Although he's got like a, a room and a trailer or whatever. It's not a trailer. It's a dressing room, but. You no, know, he was up in the. He had an office up oh, upstairs in oh. the in the the room where so they. So whenever shoot. he wasn't on camera, he was up there working and stuff. Probably air conditioned. Yeah. And who knows what he's doing? I don't. Know, who knows? Yeah. But he he might have been a man cave. But he would he came down, came and introduced himself to us, and because mm-hmm. he'd been hearing his practice, he's like, "You guys sound great. It's awesome. It reminds yeah. me of home." I go, "Thank Aww. you." And then he went off to and did his did his thing, and I never saw him yell. Oh, that's unfortunate. I know. Well, we didn't. They whisked us out as soon as we were. Dead. Yeah, I'm sure. Sergio <sighs> says he's six two. Isn't that what I said? I think so. No, they were they were debating what, how oh. tall he was. He was tall. He was tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what should I have done from Sergito? Is this mine? 
Yeah. Hey, Ducherinos. Sergito here. And he's also in the chat. Yes. Uh, I recently ran into a strange issue with my play-by-post that I am running on the forums. For, my, for the most part, <clears throat> the players are folks from the forums. One of the players, though, was a friend. <clears throat> oh, no. He was saying Fillion uh, is 6'2". Oh, he so is. I was totally right. Like, he was totally taller than me. No kidding. Yeah. That's so weird. Because every actor I've met has been... There's a lot of short ones. There's a, a little wean. Yeah. There's a lot of short actors. And I'm not tall. Right. But, like... Yeah. Sometimes when I'm filming stuff with Sam, with Sam like, his actors will be super... Like you have to do, like, the Apple Box thing to make them look like they're the same height. Right. One of his favorite actors to use, uh, Kenzo, is, like, six... Five or six six. Oh, hold on. and yeah. then one of his other <laughs> favorite actors were use Jamie is like all, they're both amazing actors and they do so well together. But Jamie's like five eight. <laughs> so you have to pan the camera way yeah. way back to, to get them both like, in the shot. An angle like <laughs> apple boxes and like just blocking. It's pretty amazing. But. Team Banana seventy one. He's taller still in metric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, recently ran into an issue, but uh, uh, for the most part, the players are folks from the forums. One player, though, was a friend of a forumite and wanted to join. I thought, great, someone else that can enjoy the show, and agreed. In my initial post for the game, I outlined that I wanted only Lion, Crane, and Dragon PCs. His first message to me was that he wanted to play a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> hmm. May I have your attention, please? Oh, I thought it was just going to be the song. It's oh. the whole. It's the whole intro. <laughs> no. I said no. You can't play a ninja. <laughs> um, that this raised a bunch of red flags for me. One, the player wanted to play something I'd already asked folks not to play. Two, the player wants to play a clan that is notorious for attracting asshole players. True. That's true. And three, player wants to play a clan that most people can't play well. See above. True. I don't think enough people put the thought into the scorpion, right. which is the thing that I really kind of struggled with mm-hmm. when I was preparing my first game. Because, and and the, what I and, and you kind of have to decide: are the scorpion villainous, mm-hmm. or are the scorpion the most loyal of the clans right. because they're willing to risk their honor and their reputation? Right. To be the villain that unites the rest of the clans with the emperor, Ooh, right? I like that. And that's the that's the the tack I take on it. I like that. So, and, and maybe not all of them know that. No, maybe some of them are just mischievous people. Yeah, and you know, they're 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 daimyos and such. Deep, I allow, like that. But it makes it makes them it makes them a more tragic. Yeah. Clan. No. Yeah. And playing it that way, I think would. That's the that that's I think would be the best way to play. Yeah. Because that way they are they are loyal. Yeah, they're doing what nobody else They're will sacrificing do. Yeah. their honor, which yeah. is a big so, freaking deal. Yeah. To keep that. to keep the the empire united, which yeah. I think is a, a, a fantastic taste. That's amazing. Yeah. And kudos for uh trying to plug the show to somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> so, well done. Uh, see above. Uh, so I, I being the yes and GM that y'all have taught me to be, gave him a shot to pitch me his idea. He came up with an interesting character that wasn't one hundred percent a ninja. Nice. Um, and had a good background, so I let him play. Almost immediately, he ran into problem number three for me. Mm. Uh, he was rubbing a lot of people the wrong way with how he was portraying his character. Mm. So much so that I had one player tell me he was quitting 
and citing this player as the reason. Hmm. And another saying he was considering quitting for the same reason. Uh, I put on my big boy pants, panties, mm-hmm. sorry, on. They, they were leopard print, in case you were wondering, and I know you were. And I had the adult conversation. I told him that this was w- what was going on and, and what had been said. And he immediately said he would quit. Uh, I just, uh, I said, just hold on there. Let's be civil. Uh, let's try to talk it out. I explained the issues to the other players, the other players were having, and he said he would be willing to hash it out. The other players didn't want to. They just wanted to be done with it, so he quit. Then when he quit, so did his friends. In one fell swoop, or one swell foop, <laughs> I lost four players. It's a play-by-post game, so I had nine to begin with, but still losing four at once was hard to deal with, plus losing those plot lines really left me scrambling. What should I have done? Help me, douchey one, Kenobi. <laughs> You're my only hope. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if... I don't think you did anything wrong. Yeah. The only thing is, if the... Well, if the guy's going to quit and he's going to take all the, a bunch of players with him, that's a problem. Yeah. So I kind of think you took the right tact for it. Um, the only thing I think that you did wrong is you said to the players, play Lion, Crane, or Dragon... And then you let someone play something else. Yeah. And if there were other people in the game, and they may not even say anything about yeah. it. Yeah. If there are other people in the game who are who are like, but I always like to play crab. Yeah. This guy gets to play a scorpion. Why can't I play a crab? I made a dumb crane. Yeah. Next thing you know, there might be a little dumb bit of resentment. Crane. And I think that, that who knows? But yeah. if I had to venture a guess, I would say that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Because it may have been, okay, here's the rules, here's what everyone has to play. Okay, wait a minute, why is that guy playing the Scorpion? Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Because a game like that, everybody has the clan that they want to play. You know, just like in Vampire, everybody's got their their uh, their clan that they love. It's it's something people feel very akin to. So. The, the, the yeah. thing to remember about Yes And. Yes And goes both ways. Yes. When you set up your game and you say... Here are the constraints of the player characters. This is the world we're be, I'm setting up for you. By the player saying, can I play a ninja? Can I play a scorpion? They, what they are doing is saying no. Mm-hmm. When they should be saying, okay, yes. I usually play something else, but let me figure out what would be a fun character within the constraints that you've given me. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, that's kind of a warning sign. If you've said to the players, don't make this or only make these things, and yeah. you have someone who's trying to make something else outside of that... Yeah, yeah. go with your gut. It's a warning. Yeah. It's a warning sign. Yeah. Your first gut feeling where you're like, oh, I don't know about this, like, go with that. Like, that is that is, that is true, like, usually. It's right. your good. That's the 100% accurate on, well, he's going to be a douche, or he's not going to get along with the other players. I mean, you have... I mean, you as a GM really thought about it you you picked three very specific clans for very specific reasons that you know just throwing all that out the window isn't necessarily fair of him to ask you to do to be completely honest right so yeah i mean trust your gut with that i mean and there's already a douchebag clan on there that he can play with the crane um but yeah i mean that's pretty much the only thing you could have done um yeah, I, I mean, you did the right thing. You tried to talk to everybody. Um, it's too bad that he was like, oh, I'm just going to quit then. I mean, that that sucks. I mean, I, I guess it's for a play-by-post game. Um, I haven't 
I haven't done one of those in a really, 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 really long time. Well, the thing is, the 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 more separated you get, yeah, from your players, the less commitment you're going to have. Yeah, it's real easy to flake out. Yeah, and and I mean, even online games when you're going to say, okay, we're going to meet at this time, and da 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 da. It's easy to cancel those games. Yeah, or to 100%. say, oh, I can't make it. Yeah, because. You're not really putting anyone too far out. Yeah. At least you can you can justify that to yourself because yeah. it's like, well, all they're doing is they're walking from this room to this room where the computer is. Right. They're not driving to my house, yeah. or we're not driving to someone else's house. Yes. So if I flake on it, it's not, not that, that big, big of a, big deal. a deal. They can just go watch TV or something instead. Right. It's yeah. a hundredfold worse for a play-by-post game. Yes. Because you're not putting... I mean, you I'll are putting people... You are putting people out. Yeah. But you're not putting them out in a real big physical way. Right. You know what I mean? I, we had a, I, I canceled a rehearsal yesterday mm-hmm. for the Boggards, and one of the guys showed up. Oh, yeah. He didn't check Slack, and I'm like, shit. I'm like, and I'm like... At that point, I feel yeah. responsible, because he just drove an hour and a half to get to my place, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? You've got a little bit of recording to do. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get the rest of your recording finished. And it's like, oh, there's one song we see to do a, a, a scratch. Wait, I'll record the scratch right now. Yeah. And then we'll put you in there and you can record that. Then you're done with your recording. So at least the hour and a half drive or three hour drive during yeah. the return trip wasn't for nothing. We got something done. Yeah. But if we were doing something online and that happens, oh, sorry. Yeah. I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel compelled to say... Oh yeah, you just drove a long way to get here. You're right. So and and so with a with a forum game, you're even less removed because that is already something where it's like the the, the understanding is you're going to get to it when you get to it. Yeah, you're going to go on the forum when you have a chance to go on the forum and yeah. respond to people That's or interact thing. with stuff yeah. and or you know whatever you need to do, PM the other players or whatever. And then if you're but if you're busy, then it's fine. Yeah. So it, commitment level wise, it's it's real low. Yeah. But because the commitment level is really low, it's really easy to just completely blow it off forever. Right. Well, and that's how you can manage. I mean, he said he had nine players. It's like wow, like that's a lot to keep track of too in a forum game. Like, right. I mean, I know a lot. Of, a lot of times they get bigger than that because people kind of ebb and flow. People aren't posting, so you add more people so that things keep happening. Right. But. That's a that's a lot of things uh, to track of. Heavy, heavy metal Jess says she doesn't agree. Uh, just as much prep, uh, and people are still setting aside. No, oh, it just scrolled off. <laughs> people are still setting aside their time by not making other plans. That's true. Yes. That's true with an online game. Yes. Yes, but it, it's still. But the perception is it's easier to cancel. It's right. still incredibly rude and wrong, and it's not. Yes. We're not saying that it is actually okay to do that. It's easier to it's do easier. it. It's easier. There's less guilt. You don't have to actually like contact the people directly. You can be like, oh, I can't log on. Sorry, guys, and just like post it right. somewhere. Now, obviously, for the GM, it doesn't matter what wh- wh- the game is. There's a lot of work involved anyway. Yeah. So, but who thinks about the GM and how much prep they do? <laughs> no, we don't give a shit. That's very, very rare. <laughs> but I know there's also the thing with, uh, like, if you if you cancel on us or something, like, you have to see us again. Like, right. I'm your kid's godmother. Like, eventually I'm going to be over here and be like, what the fuck, Right, Sue? exactly. What the fuck. Right. Yeah. So, people on, online, it's like, yeah, you're, you're friends. You're part of the Happy Jacks community. But there's not that... You know, I have a key to your house, and we'll murder you in your sleep if you don't know. I'm just kidding. Right. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> kidding. But, I mean, there's not that you have to actually face them later thing. 
So, I mean, you might have to, like, awkwardly ignore their posts on the next thread you get mad at, but like, right. it's not a big deal. But I, And I think for that kind of stuff, I think people, there is kind of an understanding that mm-hmm. it's the, the compulsion to commit is not quite as high for people. No. When it, cause I mean, and whenever, I mean, whenever, I mean, how many people will, will go and just say horrible shit to other people over the internet? Lots. Because they're not, they're not in front of you. Lots. And none of those people. Lots. Very few. Will do that face to face. Oh no, no, they'd get punched. Yeah, no so, or or people would just say, you know what? You're Fuck dick. you. Yeah, I'm, not <laughs> I'm out. You. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know my problem with playing online games is I have uh, like this crazy compulsion to multitask, which is incredibly rude and bad, <laughs> and that's why I don't like play campaigns online. Like there's times I've guested or done um, like one shots and hang out, or there's times I've I've done stuff for JackerCon or whatever. But unless I'm running the game, like, like I'm, I'm like sitting at my computer or staring at my computer. I'm like, oh, you know, I could totally like great papers while I do this. And then that's not fair. That's not a, that's not being invested. No. Um, <coughs> but that, it's just a temptation because I'm there with all my stuff. Like, right. Or it's, it's more windows open. Yeah, having more windows open. Yep. All those things, absolutely. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, you did what you could. You still had five players, so... The only slip-up I think he made was to make an exception. Let it, yes. The, that, that, that's Once the only that thing. happened, you, you tr- did your best to recover, but there really was no yeah, recovery. The, and this all may have stemmed, it's like, this all may have stemmed... If the guy had played another character and yeah. still been kind of a douchebag, people may not have been as as upset annoyed, by yeah. it or annoyed by it. Yeah. Because in the back of their mind, there's this little niggling... He's playing a scorpion, and we're not supposed to be playing scorpions. What yeah. the fuck? Why did he get special treatment? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I'm really excited about our L5R game. I know it's months and months away, but I'm excited it's about like, it. It's like, yeah, it's a couple months away. It's many months away. It'll be, it'll be interesting. We, we may do it in, uh, in, the, in the beta. Oh, nice. I'm going to see if I can fi- figure out what to do with dice, because I only use dice apps. We dice can make apps. those. We could totally make those. Yeah. Sound very enthusiastic. I just, I know it's. Annoying. I mean, it, you know, it's terrible because you know, roll and keep with D10s was so horribly broken. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, they can't make money off D10s because we all have a shitload <laughs> already. But right. yeah, I'm excited and thinking about what clan I want to play. And you can play pretty much anything. Yeah. I don't know if you read the little intro. I did. I did. Yes, it's very exciting. You can pretty much be in any clan, but you're you're going to start out as a waveman. Yeah. So. I've been chatting about it in the Discord uh, with people, and they're like trying to suggest things for me to play, trying to decide. Part of me wants to put my uh, my actual like in- excessive <coughs> knowledge of horses because at one point Phoenix? in my life, yeah, that's yeah. Nice or no, no, uh, unicorn is the, oh unicorn, uh, I'm yeah, sorry, unicorn is the horse one. Um, but people are also suggesting Phoenix, which I'm like, oh, interesting. And then uh, Cloak seventy two wants crab. There's a, there's like people who love crab like are hardcore, like they just. Like they spam me, <laughs> but I'll look into crab. I promise. I, I was actually started looking. That's into the- my, I think my favorite clan. Yeah. 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 Either uh, either that that or scorpion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. They, they they're starting out as as Ronan, Sergido. Yes. Asked. It'll be fun. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. From I, I I don't know if I've talked about it, but actually in, in college I trained horses for professionally for a while. Right. So I know a lot about horses, and that would be fun to kind of bring that in. It'd be fun, mm-hmm. but also Phoenix is cool. Yeah, it is. Talk of uh, 
Otaku stuff. Oh, are there magic rules in the beta? I need to look. I haven't read through oh. it. Oh. I hope so. That would be important. Yeah. Yeah. Unless no one wants to play a Shugenja. And then no. I can just wing it. <laughs> I need that. See, that's my one thing. It's like, okay, do I want to play a Shugenja again? Or do I want to go like more warrior type? I There's basically three things you can play. Right. A guy with a sword, uh-huh. a guy with a bow, yeah. or a guy with a magic wand. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it's not a magic wand. Well, well but whatever. I, I know, but whatever. That's it. Shugenja never bathe alone. You... <laughs> You either you either you either wave swords, yes. shoot arrows, or, or cast spells, and that's it. Yeah, this is how you get cast spells. I okay. mean, you can <laughs> you can get off that path and make like a monk, yeah, or a guy with words. They're saying you can be a political character. Oh, that's true. That's oh, I keep forgetting. Yes, that's right. Totally. So there's four. There's yeah. actually four. Four things. So that's you see, fantasy has five because there's also the thief. The thief, yeah. They also, that? Huh? I feel like you could probably make a thief-like character, especially if you're Scorpion. Sure. It would be hard because you'd have to be Scorpion. No, you can have a compulsion. Oh, that's true. You could, you could, you could be like a, like a kleptomaniac or something. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Oh, my God, and you're just like always just horrified. And there's like a chest full of other people's shit in your room. Oh, yeah. oh my God. And, and, and one day so you go in there and one of the things is missing or something's like... Someone oh knows. <laughs> what was it? Who, they, who knows? Who has it? It's proof. Oh, my God. Yeah, ninjas kind of are thieves. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, yeah, like actual ninjas are not good things, but going to be so fun. I'm so excited it will be, already. It will be. But, but it'd, be, it'd be interesting if someone plays a plays a monk, because we've, we've never had anyone play a monk. A, no. Well, we've only had four people. Five. That, right. Yeah. Yeah, but we had two sets of characters, though. We had the first generation That's and the true. next generation. That next generation, I keep forgetting because they only lasted like two games. It lasted longer than that. Did it? No. It lasted several games, I think. I feel like, yeah, it was more than two. It was gone too soon. I think. Maybe it did. Okay. I think that's been actually the... You want to cut it off? You want to be done? No, well, okay. yeah, a couple minutes. Uh, I think it's uh, actually been one of the things I... I know it's... it, it You and I especially because we produce the shows, but I think it's been one of the best things about us streaming live is like we have to stick to the schedule so it's nice that we, it's it's less often we see games just kind of trail off. Yes. Because it's like, okay, even if there's only four, you know, three people, we're going to play the game and you guys will be off somewhere else. Right. So I, I think that's that's been great. Cause and, and we're actually ending games now rather mm-hmm. than, oh, yeah, fair came up and it's like, oh, God, I'm so tired after fair. And right. <coughs> oh, yeah. Now we just, like, moat this last time, we just suspended it. And I don't do fair anymore. So. Jason Jason ran a D and D game while we were doing fair. Yeah, and then we just came back to it. Yeah, so. we'll have to figure out what we're going to do this next year. Yeah, figure that out. We have a lot more people now that don't do fair though. Yes, we have a lot more players now. Yeah, that don't do fair well, did someone else? Could we just suspend the all five R game. Yeah, assuming it's still running. I, I, I'm assuming. It will I be. hope so. I don't know how long it'll go. Who knows? <sighs> okay, it's fine. All I know is I'm not doing the. My fan is ready. It's prepared. It's sitting. I bought a fan. It's too small. I need a bigger fan. I have a really big fan. It's like this big. Oh, really? But it doesn't like pop open. But it's. I got it in China. Amazon sells a huge fan. Oh, yeah. I have my cool little fruit one that does the flip. 30 inches. Oh, my God. It's like this <laughs> big fan. It's for hanging on the wall or something. That's oh, what we should, we should have. Like We set it like up just for the, those games. Or, you put, or it's for your cabana boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, that's it. I need a command of oil. Oh, uh, Blood, Blade, and Tusk will come back as well. In fact, let me just yeah. say, I'm working on other stuff for Blood, Blade, and Tusk right now. Um, I have added, uh, there's, a, 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 I guess, a rules supplement, if you want to call it that, for demonic magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I realized is that uh, the church in Blood, Blade, and Tusk is really kind of consistently set up to be a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the whole Inquisition thing. They have the ho- whole interfering with other governments' politics thing. And 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 they're always... They're kind of always going to be kind of the heavy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to add an option for people who want to see them either as a more force for good or... A mixed bag. Right. So what I what I did is I came up with rules and I did a some reading. A lot of the stuff about exorcism I ended up pulling out of my ass or by watching The Exorcist, the series. Yeah. Which, by the way, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, there are fallen angels who will come in and possess people. Mm-hmm. And it takes priests to get them out. Nice. Uh, actually, specifically trained priests to get Ooh, them out. Okay. Not just regular priests know... They think they know the stuff for exorcism, but it's actually more complicated than that. Mm. But there are priests... Uh, like There's this, basically an order, a, a very secret order within the Catholic Church of uh, Ordo said exorcismus or whatever, the, whatever it was. And... Um, they actually collect all the information from all of the exorcisms that their brethren have gone out and performed. Oh, okay. So they've been cataloging. They've been cataloging the names of the fallen angels oh. that they've encountered, what they know about them, what their tactics are. They have been uh, also cataloging uh, all of the prayers that get done, which ones seem to work against which fallen angels, which forms of torture seem to inflict the most pain on the fallen angels, nice. all kinds of stuff. Now, do the angels have like a hierarchy with them? Uh, they might, but they don't know. Okay. They wouldn't know that. They wouldn't know that. I only okay. list like five or six of them. Okay. Because a lot, the, most of them are going to lie anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they're all going to say, oh, I'm Satan. Yeah. I'm the big guy. I'm important. I'm here. Yes. Right? And <laughs> almost none of them are. But... I think the um, I think the uh, this will give more depth to the Catholic Church in the game mm-hmm. because yes they have the, the all the oppression stuff with the Inquisition mm-hmm. and there are the, the political machinations and all that stuff but there's also a real evil force out there yeah and though from the way it looks they're the only thing that can fight it yeah so in in that sense. I think it's. I think it just gives it more depth. Yeah, absolutely. It gives the game more depth. Well, and that's a great uh, thing because you can then use it as, you know, the church maybe not isn't necessarily evil, but like individual church members are evil, like in like Lady Hawk. Right. Like the that particular priest was evil and using dark magic and stuff like that, but he didn't necessarily. And the whole idea of the church wasn't necessarily evil. Right. But so that gives them, uh, kind of a. Uh, some leeway there if they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable with the actual church being evil, right? Uh, and, and the other thing, uh, there, there's there's actually a very short spell list of spells that oh. demon worshippers can cast, mm-hmm. and the fallen can cast when they've possessed someone. Ooh. Uh, and, and and I even say in the book, this is not for player characters because no. 
with the demonic or the satanic panic from the 1980s. We don't need that. <laughs> this is for the bad guys. Right. And, and they're very powerful spells that require sacrifice of blood or animals or people right. in some cases. But are those things that the players might know about, which is why you include them? They could. Okay. There's also... There might, there might be fallen angels or possessed people who... Because it's e- much easier for mages to cast those spells. Oh. So the mage, all a mage needs to do is, mm-hmm. is have the ritual. Yeah. And they can cast it. Nice. They don't have to worry about having an unskilled role. Right. They can just cast it. They can it. just do it. So it's very alluring. But, yeah, it's like you can effectively like double your strength and dexterity mm-hmm. by sacrificing you know one serious wound worth of blood. Yeah. Oh. Nice. I'll do it. Psh. Yeah. But when you do that, there's mechanics in it. So the more often you do that, you, you basically, uh, the, the, the magic system, the regular magic system uses entropy. Mm-hmm. So like you roll the dice, you roll your dice pool. Every one you roll, right. you save those because that means you're taking entropy. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you've taken entropy equal to your will, yeah. horrible things happen. There's a similar mechanic for this, but when you take your entropy and you've exceeded your will, mm-hmm. the demon can now take take over. You have mm. you have you, you you have borrowed from the demon's power enough. Yeah. Where the demon now goes pop. Yeah. I'm taking over um, for now. Yes. <laughs> here we go. Ah, this is nice in here. Right. <laughs> and, and and exorcism mm-hmm. is dark. Oh yeah, it be- should be. The ho- the point of exorcism. Is not to save the person from the demon. No. It is to save their immortal soul. Yeah. You don't have to be alive for that to happen as far as the church is concerned. Right. So the way I've set the rules up, I don't know if I'll ever ever come up enough where I'll play test it enough. But the rules are set up so like somewhere between like 75 to 100% of the time, the subject of an exorcism is probably going to die. Oh. But if you can get the demon out and you can give last rites, mm-hmm. if they're awake enough to be able to give them communion or, <laughs> or the Eucharist before they die, mm-hmm. you can at least save their immortal soul. Right. Which is which obviously the that's the priority of, of right. the church and of the exorcist. Right. Mm. And I mean, and that makes sense in a world where you actually know these things exist. Right. Like that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Charm's asking if we want to ad hoc uh, answer another email since we're done early. Uh,. Give me like a keyword so I can search it. Uh, who is Codename B? Says that he has a question about a Halloween event he wants to run. It was titled Horror Roleplay Question. Uh, let me look. Okay. Because I do have to, I, I do actually have to wake up at 4 o'clock <laughs> because my daughter. We'll do it fast. It's only 9.15. I'm going to see how long the email is. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, no, I think that's an awesome. An awesome ad. I actually one of my favorite things about. I, I know I talk about Supernatural because it's a terrible show that I love so much. Um, but one of the things I love about that show particularly is their use of kind of angels and demons and how that works and the rules of that. Um, like fallen angels, like demons, can kind of possess anybody. Um, uh, but you, uh, I'm sorry, no, angels can't possess anybody. They need permission, right, to and to take over a body. But they are not above tricking you. You know, if they're, you know, you can, there's a couple of very slippery situations where they get you to say yes to something that's not exactly what you were saying yes to, but then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Now, does this include good angels as well? Yes, good okay. angels have to get permission. Now, okay. good angels aren't going to necessarily trick you, 
Although as the show goes and angels start getting a little more ruthless with getting what they want. The whole greater good thing. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're very into that. Uh, is your first name William? We'll have to wait a few seconds. We'll have to see what they say. <clears throat> oh, I could type it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, good and the fallen both have to ask, because at one point there's uh, stuff happening with Lucifer having to ask and get... Mm -hmm. But he's really good at tricking people into saying yes. Okay. And it's interesting, too, because the vessels, what they call them, like you have... Each angel has, like, a, a chosen vessel, and they're a line, like their their children, their offspring, and their, their, their uh, like, uh, family line, like their blood can be possessed by that angel and not die. Oh, okay. So it's like, um, but they can, they can inhabit anybody, but that person starts to slowly hollow out if they're not of that bloodline. Okay. Which is kind of a cool detail as well. All right. Uh, horror role play question. Dear Stu and everyone else who bothered to actually show up this week, that would be you. Yay! Uh, I'm a new listener who just discovered your podcast a few weeks ago. I'm trying to nice. listen my way through. Good luck. But by my estimate, you have over 31 days worth of worth even if i listened without sleep my own fault for being late to the party i suppose you're only like nine years late it's fine <clears throat> my question is i am planning on running a halloween game where my players are trapped in a building overnight with a monster after them oh. uh, i have already worked out reasons why they can't leave or call for help i'm hoping resource management and time and a time factor add to the spookiness what i need are ideas for things to happen in the house other than the monster bursts into the room or some other variation over and over. <coughs> One idea is involving NPCs also trapped who cause problems or need saving, but is that enough? Uh, I'm assuming this is a one-shot? Uh, do you have some encounter ideas uh, for a locked building RP? P.S. You don't have to read this on the air. Okay, I won't read that on the air. Too I'll late! Read. Don't... Oh, no, no, it actually has stuff. If you're oh. curious about, here's the situation. Okay. Um, uh, his players wouldn't be listening to this, right? Oh, I don't know. Let's wait in the chat room and see if they're listening. Hopefully you've told all your friends to listen to our podcast, and they're all listening religiously or in the chat room right now. But just tell them to skip this episode. <laughs> you should skip that episode, because there's absolutely nothing relevant or important to you about it at all. Skip it. Skip <coughs> oh, it's a really boring episode. Yeah. Don't say that. No, because then they won't want to listen to any of the other episodes. Players are not listening. Okay. okay. So I will read his detail because I kind of need more information. Yes. Uh, if you're curious about the situation, the players are stuck in a tiny town in Wyoming due to car trouble. Unbeknownst to them, the town is near the site of a former Japanese internment camp. Do they have internment camps in Wyoming? I thought they were in California. I guess they may have because you know, Japanese immigrants everywhere. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I only thought they were in California because I only know of the one in California. Maybe. Uh, uh, where a large number of prisoners died. On the site, uh, Juboko has been growing. Uh, Juboko is a Japanese uh, tree yeah. spirit created from death that feeds on humans. For my purposes, I'm combining it awesome. with an umdelbi, a different folklore tree that kills via poisonous gas. The tree's roots and vines have final have finally reached the town. It's growing, growth accelerating with every death it feeds on. The players are trapped in a hotel with the surviving townsfolk, with the deadly tree slowly entwining the building. 
They have to survive until morning when the tree goes dormant. If they leave prior, prior, they will surely die from the poison before reaching cars and other safety. Mm-hmm. I w- first off, they may try to fashion some sort of gas mask, mm-hmm. be it a bunch of bed sheets or whatever. Yes. So be prepared for that. Yes. <clears throat> That'd be like one of the first things I'd try to do. Right. Um, uh, I plan for a few interesting encounters where they discover that cutting the roots and branches merely makes the tree leak poison and corrosive sap. Yes. And fire uh, just very rapidly spreads the deadly gas. Unfortunately, I think vines bust through the windows, forcing you to leave the room, will get very boring after just one or two encounters, and roots start coming out of the sink and toilet would be predictable and only useful once. You could also make the gas not so much a poison gas, but a possession gas, or a gas that bends their will to the, the giant tree jiboko. Yeah. Or another thing you can have them do, I don't know about this, but it sounds like it's like a particular monster from folklore. Um, Have like maybe it can uh, like actually control the bodies of or the the images of its past victims. So maybe it's able to when they get into one room, there's like images in a mirror or it looks like the ghosts of the people it's already killed or they're talking to them. Mm -hmm. And maybe those are actually the ghosts of those people or maybe the tree's controlling them, trying to get them to do something. Trying to deceive them or trick them. Yeah, like, oh, you should you should come outside. Oh, it's safe outside. Obviously not that clear cut because that's obviously like, no, you're the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy. I'm not going outside. One of the, the a haunted house thing is kind of like a man versus nature thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at like shows like The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. the zombies are the bad guys, but also other people are the bad guys. Yeah. So not only can you have people that are going to get in trouble that need to get hurt, but there might be people who are trying to take over who come up with really stupid ideas on how to survive. Mm-hmm. Or there might be people in there who are going to take the situation in their own hands and use it to prey on the other people. Yeah. There might be, there might be people in there who are... There you might, might be a sociopath in there who's like, all right, yeah, I can kill whoever I want, and I can just blame it on the tree, right? So, I or mean, someone who's just like, I'm fucking getting out of here. I don't have to. Care. I don't care if I have to kill every single other person and feed them to that tree, right? So that I make it till morning. I'm getting out of here. So there's some. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Heavy metal Jess in the chat room uh, suggests maybe make the gas uh, a hallucinogen. Oh, there you go. So then suddenly the gas gets in and suddenly they start turning on each other. Like what you were describing with Elspeth earlier in the episode. Like right. this is now what you see. Mm-hmm. You think you're in a cave. Or right. maybe you think, or uh, like uh, you, you think that the tree is good all of a sudden or right. something like that. Or your best friend Bob just suddenly turned into a troglodyte. Yes. Ah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Um, I think time timing and pacing would be really important with this game yeah because you want it to be almost um uh like slow like if if you've ever watched a snake kill a mouse like a a, a constrictor snake like it it grabs it but then it's yeah with every breath that that the the animal yeah it tightens just slightly with every breath out so that the animal can't breathe in anymore um, so you, that's what you want. You want to f- this slow, tight, strangling feeling to get more intense 
and more intense. And you want to plan out your house really well. So it's like, oh, the tree's outside. And then just slowly the tree's enveloping. Maybe there's like scary looking flowers mm-hmm. that like appear and like a room once that room becomes like scary and off limits. And so it's just slowly their 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 maze is getting smaller and smaller. Or maybe like the walls before it enters yeah. a room, the walls start to get like moldy yeah. or something. And then it's all of a sudden like little buds start growing in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Stuff like that. So, you, <laughs> so the players are feeling this slow constriction of their as free space. the space they have gets yeah, getting smaller, smaller and smaller because that will then up your their uh, characters intensity and desperation and then if you're starting to add in things like the hallucinogens and things like that um, yeah oh they're saying I'm uh, describing the Jumanji tree okay cool oh yeah I don't think I, I haven't seen that in so long I don't remember anything about it not there's rhinos I know not the best film no <laughs> Although, for a game, a movie about a board game, surprisingly compelling. Right. <laughs> Says the people who sit and play board games for cameras all day. <laughs> but yeah, I know that. I mean, I think that's a cool concept. I, I like that you you've pulled in um, some of the aspects of actual for- folklore. That's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. So I would look more into um, in pulling more sources from that. Right. You know, are there other spirits that this this tree? I keep picturing like a really fucked up looking end, but I don't know what they really look like. Right. Um, you know, also works with, the, you know, what, that they might collaborate or something and be different types of spirits. Maybe the tree, maybe the tree can actually absorb the wood that the house is made out of and slowly is like taking over the rooms like that way too. I don't mm-hmm. know. And also don't, don't forget the root system. Yes. Because that's happening the whole time. <clears throat> so even though, you know, and you might even, trick them into thinking that it's only coming in through the you know the top floors yeah. and the, and have that pattern go on for a while and so they you know then they might they're they're going to they're going to try to establish a safe room yes. a place where they can go and and strategize yes. right they may not they may realize the house is going to be fully enveloped mm-hmm. before daybreak so yeah. they have to get out yeah but but if you get, give them a, a safe place Mm-hmm. Somewhere like somewhere in the center, like a kitchen or something, or yeah. a pantry, and that's where they're gonna, you know, that's where they go to strategize when they're not actually fighting the limbs and all that stuff. Yeah. Then that's you know maybe halfway through or three quarters of the way through, that's when you have the root system come up from the ground into that room. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. No, that's a very cool, very cool idea. Super fun. Yeah, it is. We, had, we had, you mentioned tree ends. I think was it last. I think it was last week. We're talking about a sequoia tree ant. Oh my god, <laughs> it's amazing. Sequoias are the biggest trees. Livest, biggest not, living things on earth. They're not the tallest, not trees, the tallest trees, and they're not the widest trees. No, but they are. The, but by volume, mm-hmm. they're the biggest trees. Yeah, living biggest living thing on earth by yeah. volume. So yeah, they're super amazing. And God, that would be a really giant ant. And they used to cut them down for lumber. <laughs> Which is lame because they're super soft wood. You can't really... They're not good to build out of. Like, regular uh, redwood is, like, good... Well, I mean... Sequoias is, like, spongy. Well, it's like... It's like, it's, it's, it's like pine. Yeah. It is, kind of. It is a... It's, a, I it's mean, an it's related, yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean... And, and But pine is not a strong wood. You don't, you're not going to build tables out of pine. No. But, I mean... Yeah. Like, wall studs and stuff like that? And I'm sure there, there are houses... Yeah. There might be sequoia wood in my house because it was built in 1905. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't reproduce very quickly at all. 
No. So they are now endangered. It's very sad. Very sad. <laughs> Four says, the upside of cutting down a sequoia for wood is you only need to cut down one. Oh, that's not the way they work here. No, unfortunately. <laughs> they cut down lots of them. <laughs> lots of them all And of they them. grow super slow. They do. And their biggest problem is they have to have fire to reproduce. Yes. Um, and they, yeah, and then they grow super slow, and now we don't let anything burn anymore. And there's actual, like, uh, tannins or some kind of natural fire retardant in their... In the bark. In their bark. Yeah. So they won't get burned up yeah. unless it's a super intense fire. Right. I love we like don't know where all the the internment camps for World War Two were, but we know everything about fucking sequoia trees. Right, like, everything. Well, you've been there, and I've been there, yeah. and you, you went to the tour. And, and we went to the tour. Yeah. yeah, all the things. Yeah. Oh yeah, we used to go there all the time when I was a kid. But yeah, I love sequoia. That's good. All right, that's it. it. All right. We're you know, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> no, it's on. I was watching the Hunt for Red October today, and, and when they the submarine leaves for the first time, they're all singing the Soviet national anthem, yeah. and then the orchestral music comes in after it. I'm like, and in my head is this, this. every time, <laughs> every time. I was watching every one movie was it was like the Olympics and like the Russians had won a medal, and this right. I was like, this is all the words I know anymore. I'm sorry, Soviet Union or Russia, as it were. Yeah, All right. Uh, thank you for joining us for season 20, episode 9. We'll be back next week, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Sunday, Mode of Sin, 4 o'clock, maybe 5 o'clock. Yeah, switch his schedule, so Mode of Sin this weekend. Yeah. Monday is, is it starting yet? Interpol X, yes. Interpol so X. We are our first se- full session. Yeah. Interpol X. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. Pirates. Spaniards Ghost. Yes. And then this. Again so, next Friday. Thank you very much. We'll leave you with a song. Yep. Bye. I'm kidding. others touched by fate, but there's one man in the Bible whose story makes me sigh. He's Onan, and he's my hero. 
and let me tell you why. Well, God, he said to Onan, you need to have a son. There are many Jews I talk to, but you're my favorite one. So Onan picked his wife up on the bed, he laid her down. But instead of giving her his seed, he spilt it on the ground. Onan, my God, that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan. That man, he was a jewel. Onan, he tended to his tool. Well, God, he said to Onan, you need to build an ark. There is too much sinning in this world, it needs a brand new start. But Onan stopped his building when it began to rain. He said, screw this hobo building, I'll go home and pull my chain. Onan, my God, that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan, that man, he was a jewel. Onan, he tended to his tool. Well, God, he said to Onan, you need to free the Jews. So go and tell old Pharaoh that it's my will he must choose. But when Onan met the Pharaoh, he ignored what Yahweh said and pulled out the wrong staff and chose to free his seed instead. Onan, my God, that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan, that man, he was a jewel. said to Onan, I'll give you one more try. There's a big man named Goliath, and I think he needs to die. When Onan saw Goliath, these are the words he spoke. I think I'll be the neat retreat and my chicken I will choke. Oh yeah! Onan, my god that man was great. Onan, he loved to masturbate. His name was Onan. That man, he was a jewel. Onan, he Onan, Onan in a rut Watch him whilst he busts a nut Onan, my god that man was great Onan, he loved to masturbate His name was Onan That man he was a jewel Onan, he tended to his tool One stroke up, one stroke down Come like Onan on the ground Onan, my god that man was great The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum.